Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on this Monday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising. If you're new to the show, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at the Law Offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. has you covered. Go to amandajgentry.com to make sure your constitutional rights are protected today. And True Math Fitness in the Gulch. True Math Fitness, the best play to, place to work out. A new way to work out for the best version of you. True Math Fitness with the best coaches, the uh, best workout group uh, group classes, and of course, personal training. Your first workout is free at truemathfitness.com. So with this Kyle Phillips injury, you know, it was obviously disappointing. Kyle Phillips, who is the fifth round draft pick in 2022, has basically uh, not played hardly at all for this team, given that he had a shoulder injury early on and a hamstring injury that derailed him later on. Uh, and you look at all the different things, uh, you look at all the different things that the Titans are trying to get out of their wide receiving core, and you see, well, Traylon Burks is hurt. Uh, you see the circumstance for uh, Kiaris Jackson, where he's hurt on a punt return. It's a knee injury, and he hobbles off, fortunately, under his own power. But then there's Kyle Phillips, who uh, was injured before Kiaris Jackson, but obviously, in theory, would factor in in a bigger way than Kiaris Jackson would. And I mean, I would argue almost as big a way as somebody like Traylon Burks, should he be available. Misguided Perception says on the punt return that Kyle Phillips was hurt, he should have called a fair catch. I saw that gunner blow past the player and knew a big hit was coming. Um, I think that the, uh, I think that, I don't know whether the coaching staff would agree with that assessment. I don't know that they would disagree, but to go back and watch it, you are correct. I think it was 36 that blew by uh, the uh, the guy who was supposed to be protecting in the punt return situation for the Titans. He got uh, to Kyle Phillips almost immediately and decked him as Kyle Phillips was catching the ball. Now, that was the only time that we really saw Kyle Phillips out there, right? He had a couple snaps on offense, but then the punt return was early on and uh, and put him in a position uh, not put him in a position, but uh, ultimately saw him injured on the play. He was listed as questionable, wasn't ruled immediately out. So we thought, okay, maybe not as severe uh, as one might have thought or one might consider. Now it's being reported by Paul Kaharski that it's going to be a period of about six weeks uh, that he is expected to miss with an MCL injury. So we'll start there with your Two Rivers Ford take on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. In the comment section, if you would be so kind as to tell me your level of concern for the Kyle Phillips injury. We will uh, discuss at length together right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is presented by Two Rivers Ford. 
Go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet for quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Powered by Ford, driven by people. So what is your level of concern right now with the Kyle Phillips injury? Texas Titan says that he never should have fielded it, him being Phillips. Uh, Amar says 100 on a scale of 1 to 10 is his level of concern. He says, what good is a player if he can't stay on the field? The best ability is availability. And I, uh, I, I agree with that assessment. Availability is the most important thing. Now, I don't, you know, I don't think it's his fault that he had an MCL injury. I don't think it's his fault that his shoulder got blown up in week one. I don't think it's his fault that he had hamstring stuff last year. But it doesn't have to be his fault to be a problem, right? This is now a, an injury that will theoretically cost him a considerable amount of time we are, what, two weeks away from their opener, two and a half weeks away from their opener in New Orleans. We'll go through this week of practice. They'll have uh, a lighter week of work with no preseason games on the Labor Day week or the week leading up to Labor Day. And then, of course, Labor Day weekend off before they uh, get back into things with practice ahead of New Orleans. So we'll say a period of about three weeks from uh, yesterday when they will uh, when they will open in New Orleans. And it Sounds like Kyle Phillips stands to miss that opener and a good chunk more of the start of the season. Two straight, uh, two injuries straight with, uh, excuse me, two seasons straight with injuries, says Dre Wilson. And, you know, it's not, obviously, it's not to the scale of 2020, uh, 2021 or 2022 right now. But, of course, with Burks and with Phillips, those are things that you don't want to see. Injuries to the wide receivers where the wide receiver depth was already thin. Uh, Aaron Goff says, do you think we could have a chance to see Ryan Tannehill on Friday? No, I don't expect to see Ryan Tannehill at all uh, in the preseason. Trippin' Titan says he goes to IR, so now we get to ask you when he's coming off IR. Well, he hasn't been officially placed on IR yet. So, uh, And I don't know that he will be, um, given that there will be three weeks, uh, that there will be three weeks, basically, that he will have the opportunity to get right before they have to do roster cuts about two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks right now. Adam Weber says Titans need durable, reliable playmakers. I mean, they have one, right? Derrick Henry is durable and reliable. DeAndre Hopkins has been that throughout the course of his entire career. So they do have durable, reliable playmakers, but I don't, you know, they could, they could benefit from more consistency across the board. Uh, I think that when you look at, I think that when you look at the the level of concern, I think it's completely right to say that it's, you know, I don't want to say a 10 out of 10 because it's not like he's done for the year. But the fact that he continues to get hurt, the fact that he's as small physically as he is, it's kind of like the Tua thing where there's only so much that he can do about his size, right? He, he, he put on muscle mass this year in theory to help make him more durable. Now, we'll see. This may be the only situation that he has. It may not be, right? There's no way to predict injury circumstances. Uh, Blast TV says Kinsey is actually durable compared to Kyle. Well, you can't do that because Kinsey doesn't play any, right? Uh, and and I know the argument would be, well, Kyle Phillips doesn't play any either because he stays hurt. But like Kinsey, Kinsey, in regular, Kinsey does not get regular season action like this. Now, he has been more durable in the preseason thus far. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to deny you that, but I don't think those two situations are comparable where the guy the guy who you're comparing him to um, is out there playing defensive back half the time of practice. That's 
That's not necessarily the place that I would go if you wanted to cite somebody who's durable. Um, I think that uh, William Neal says he got hit low. How can he do anything about that? Well, he, he, he can fair catch, right? He doesn't have to field that punt. Um, and I think that's probably the argument that, that most people would make. You don't have to field that punt there, especially when you got the gunner screaming at you from Minnesota, um, where you can see him clearly and obviously like firing off um, or, or coming down the line directly at you. Now, Kyle Phillips' spatial awareness has been a struggle in returning punts. I think that's where some of the turnovers, uh, some of the, the the turnovers that he had early on arose. But I, I do think that he can he can fair he can wave it uh wave for fair catch at that point and avoid taking a hit where you know there wasn't going to be anybody to protect him from that hit after the gunner went screaming by uh the Titans defender in the front. So I think that while you don't want to blame guys for getting hurt, I'm not and that's certainly not what I'm doing. I'm not blaming blaming Kyle Phillips for his injury. I'm just saying is it could it be, have been avoidable? This seems like a slightly avoidable situation given the circumstance that you saw. Uh, those of you who are arguing for Corey Davis, he's on another NFL roster. They're not going to give up draft capital to get Corey Davis back. And if you're talking about reliability and durability, Corey Davis is not the example that I would cite. He's not been an overwhelmingly durable player, uh, even when he was with the Titans. In fact, the last snaps of Corey, da- or the last period of time that Corey Davis spent on this roster was at the end of the was at the end of the 2020 season with Corey Davis where uh or 2021 I can't remember I think 2020 was the Baltimore playoff game where Corey Davis is sitting there on the sidelines at the end of the game because he's not available and has his helmet off and uh is standing and watching the offense struggle uh not necessarily without him in the lineup but struggle just generally Corey Davis was not an overwhelmingly durable player um with uh with the titans nor has he been with the jets he's missed he's missed a fair amount of time with the jets uh out versus the ravens in the playoff game now he did start that game he was available at the start of that game but ultimately did not finish uh as available during that game so the wide receiver concerns i'm gonna say it's a i'm gonna say it's an eight right i think i think how much does kyle phillips concern you i I think it's an eight they need a true slot player and they haven't had one since a brief amount of time that Adam Humphreys was available to them. And I think it made a difference. They need a slot option, a true slot option. And, you know, there's not really one on the roster. Um, Mason Kinsey is Kyle Phillips' backup. I don't necessarily know that this means that Mason Kinsey would make the active roster. But I think that that is, uh, that is a place that they would look. Now, NWI can play in the slot. They can find ways to, I mean, they can work Hopkins in the slot if they see fit at the start of the year. He has done that with Tim Kelly uh, with great success. In fact, that was the primary. He was one of the most productive. Hopkins was one of the most productive slot receivers in football the year that Tim Kelly was the offensive coordinator and deployed him primarily out of there. So uh, I would I would look for DeAndre Hopkins to see a lot more work in the slot if Kyle Phillips is unavailable. That would make the outside receivers, in theory, if Traylon Burks is ready by week one, Traylon Burks and uh, NWY or Traylon Burks and Chris Moore. But we'll see if if it ends up being Chris Moore, NWI and uh, Chris Moore and NWI on the outside and, and Hopkins in the slot to start the year. You know, not exactly an ideal, ideal situation. Uh, just get Jarvis Landry and call it a day, says my guy, Cy, NWI, no good. I don't, they're, they're not going to pay for Jarvis Landry. They're not going to sign Jarvis Landry right now. Um, that's, that's uh that's not a feasible option. In fact, Jarvis Landry 
Um, Jarvis Landry was largely unavailable for New Orleans last year, if I recall correctly. He he missed a considerable amount of time. Did he only appear in one game, Bert, or is that just uh, really only appeared in one game for the New Orleans Saints? Um, so yeah, don't don't cite uh, availability and durability, and then give to me Jarvis Landry at the very end of his career. That's not um, just because again, don't get caught up in a name. Right? He's a name. He's not a, he's not a football player of of consequence right now. And also, you know, I don't know if Jarvis Landry and Ryan Tannehill still don't get along, but they famously did not vibe well together in Miami. So uh, not a not the first option that I would uh, that I would list. So, you know, on a scale of, of one to 10, what's my level of concern? Well, we can get back into this and we'll read more of your comments right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com. Get your dream address without the stress. The Intel edge you need to succeed is at GaryAshton.com. The official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators can be found with the Ashton Group. Uh, Cordy Jackson says, I would kick the tires on uh, Denzel Mims. He got released by the Lions. Also, uh, I'd take a flyer. You know, that that's a more feasible option. Um, that's a more acceptable option, a more realistic option, I think, than somebody like Jarvis Landry. Again, Denzel Mims is not a, an accomplished player, does not have the career that, uh, that Jarvis Landry does. Burt says he has, uh, oh, excuse me, Burt says he appeared in nine games total for New Orleans, but only had 25 catches. So, um, again, less than or just over half of the season in, in New Orleans, but missed a considerable amount of time. And I believe Jarvis Landry is now 30. So I'm not something that I'm necessarily interested in. Another aging wide receiver with availability concerns. Um, you know, I'm a nine, uh, between an eight and a nine on a, on a scale of one to 10 with my level of concern. Kyle Phillips matters for this football team. Ryan Tannehill trusts him. He makes plays in practice and you just, he can't stay available. So, um, you know, taking away reliable options or options that Tannehill trusts is not going to benefit this football team. It's, they're not a better football team without the skill set of Kyle Phillips, even though I know from your guys's perspective, and I completely understand it from your guys's perspective. You know, he's not been an asset to them in in meaningful games beyond the Giants game and, you know, one game of of actual consequence versus how often I see him at practice is not, you know, that's not going to be a justification for you all. And I completely understand that. So now you're without Traylon Burks for a period of time. You're without Kyle Phillips for a period of time. I would anticipate Kiaris Jackson missing a little bit of time. I don't know the extent of his injury, but... I do think that it was beneficial that he uh, that it was a knee that he was ruled questionable with a knee, not out immediately, and was able to walk to the sideline himself in uh, in Minnesota. Mike Peck says you'd think we'd be uh, numb to this kind of news at this point. No, I mean you don't ever get really get that way. And listen, football players get hurt. Like there's going to be players on the offense that get hurt uh, of of consequence to your football team. There's going to be players on the defense that get hurt that are of consequence to your football team. Like. This stuff happens. It's an unfortunate part of the game, but it's 100% risk of injury anytime you step foot out on the uh, step foot out on the field of play. But I think that with Phillips, it is pretty disheartening because you knew that that was going to be something that was going to be closely monitored for him, that he was going to be heavily scrutinized for. You know, I can tell you about all the all the great plays that he makes in practice, and it not not mean anything to you, and it doesn't mean anything ultimately if he can't produce in the game. So, um, Kyle Phillips is a fifth round pick. 
I think he matters when he's available. The problem is he's just not available. Jody Newell says, bring back two a days. Yeah, there's 0% that that's happening. Uh, and I don't think that's going to help with durability. Even though I know there's there's a you know there's an argument for things like load management, players were injured or didn't miss as much time pre-load management in the NBA as they do post post-load management, but like to bring back two a days is just stupid. Like that's not going to help Kyle Phillips uh, remain healthy. Now maybe there's some stuff. It's not like Kyle Phillips is going to get a callus on his MCL because he's practicing in two a days. It's just that's nonsensical. Um, Blast TV says John Robinson picks keeping us down. I mean, I don't know, man. Like. What's Kyle Phillips had no injury history prior to him being selected. Kyle Phillips was a day one slot player in the league. Greg Cosell loves Kyle Phillips. Any talent evaluator. I know he went in the fifth round. And it's probably because of his size more than anything. But like Kyle Phillips, uh, Kyle Phillips as a fifth round pick makes all the sense in the world. So don't, you know, it's, it's again, is it's nonsensical to wish for two a days, the return of two a days because of an MCL injury to a smaller wide receiver. I also think it's kind of silly to put that on uh, put that on John Robinson when there was no previous injury history uh, for Kyle Phillips coming out of UCLA. So uh, let's keep it moving. Let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. Speaking of, for as bad as things may feel in Tennessee, as the uh, Commanders have just scored a touchdown in their preseason game, Monday Night Football, sixteen to fourteen. Currently, the lead for the Commander Skins football team at home over Roberts Ravens. Um, looking at the uh, the division, the for as bad as injuries may feel for you, the dysfunction in Indianapolis might be uh, might be something that you can at least take take. Uh, <laughs> I hate the fact that I just saw Bert's joke in real time as I'm trying to transition from segment to segment to his podcast when he retires. It's going to be called Two a Days. Terrible, terrible joke by you, but I uh, I think that. When we talk about the dysfunction happening in, in Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor was officially granted permission to seek a trade today by the Colts. So while injuries for your football team may not feel great, uh, to see things happening in Indianapolis might make you feel a little better. We're going to talk about the Jonathan Taylor trade. And the question that I'll ask you is this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, fair or foul, the Colts seeking a first-round pick or a package of picks commensurate to a first-round pick for running back Jonathan Taylor? Fair or foul in the comment section. While you guys give me your response to that, I will remind you that the primetime show is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. Nobody is going to get you in better position to succeed where it relates to weight loss, getting in better shape, shape improving your health, by way of your physical fitness. TrueMath Fitness, with their group boot camp style classes, with their personal training options, and with their memberships that allow you access to their open gym facility, TrueMathFitness.com is the best workout in Middle Tennessee. Get your workout, your first workout for free at TrueMathFitness.com. So fair or foul, the Colts seeking a package of picks commensurate to a first-round pick or a first-round pick for running back Jonathan Taylor. Um, William Neal says, uh, he's a top three running back in the league. That sounds like a fair value. Uh, Lewis says fair, but the wrong kind of fair. He means F A I R not F A R E. Uh, Jacob Ray says foul. You have to pay Taylor a record setting contract and give up a first rounder more question mark. It won't happen. Can't think of one team would do it. Well, where does it say, where does it say anywhere that you have to pay him a record setting contract? 
Jonathan Taylor's not going to re- reset the running back market. Or is that, or is that what you're, you're alleging? There's nothing to, I mean, if Saquon Barkley couldn't do it, Saquon Barkley is a better player than is Jonathan Taylor. And Saquon has a, a durability question mark around him for the early part of his career. But like Saquon Barkley this year is making like $6 million less than Derrick Henry. And like Derrick, Derrick Henry, I bet is going to, you know, on his next contract, wherever that ends up being, whether that's in Tennessee or elsewhere, by the time his deal expires this year, I bet I, I bet if Derrick Henry makes $8 million next year, that's kind of like as good as it's going to get for veteran running backs. Now, Jonathan Taylor is younger than his Derrick, doesn't have quite the usage rate that Derrick does. He has less of a proven track record than Derrick Henry, but um, I don't know that anybody is going to, uh, nobody is nobody is resetting the running back market right now. In fact, the running backs are are actively advocating against their current situation. Jonathan Taylor is not as versatile a piece as is McCaffrey or Kamara. I don't think he's going to make anywhere close to what those two, I mean, he may make something close. He may make, I think those guys are, let me just look up uh, quickly what McCaffrey is making on an average annual basis uh, on spot track. If you'll allow me a moment to pull that up, because I would bet that Christian McCaffrey is averaging about 16, maybe a little more than $16 million on an average annual basis on the four year, uh, four year contract he signed with Carolina. It may, it may not even be as much as $16 million a year. And the 49ers didn't even give up, uh, did not, they did give up a package of picks, but they did not give up a first round pick to acquire Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so he signed a four year, 64.063 million dollar contract with the Carolina Panthers back in 2020. So on an average annual basis, he's making 16.01. So if Jonathan Taylor gets anywhere close to 16, I would be shocked. There's not, you know, he's not that he's not the kind of player that McCaffrey or even Zeke at his height. Jonathan Taylor has been uh, a good player. He's been given a permission to seek a trade and this this is the final season of his rookie deal where he's making 4.3 million. I think it's kind of crazy to uh, I, I think it's kind of crazy to imagine that that Jonathan Taylor is going to make anywhere close to McCaffrey or Camara money. Like I said, he's not he's not the weapon that he needs to be to make that kind of money. Uh, Mockingbird Lane says, "I've always felt Henry will be invaluable as he gets older as a goal line monster." No, I think that's nonsensical. Like Derrick Henry. Um, Listen, how Derek ages is going to be fascinating. There, there's, there's been almost nobody like Derek Henry in the history of football. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ever discount or discredit what it is that Derek Henry has done, nor what Derek Henry is capable of doing. But like, you know, as he gets older, I'm, I'm completely comfortable with the idea of of moving on earlier rather than later from Derek. If you're the Tennessee Titans and how they manage that, because they've got a bunch of money, they could keep Derek Henry. Um, they could keep Derrick Henry if they wanted to. They've got plenty of financial flexibility to do so next season, but it's almost like Jarrell Casey, right? Like I'm Jarrell Casey means a lot, meant a lot to the people of Tennessee. Tennessee meant a lot to Jarrell Casey. John Robinson, one of the smartest things that he did was get rid of Jarrell in that contract um, before, you know, the, the bottom really fell out. And of course, Jarrell went on to play only two games in, in Denver the following season before he ultimately ended up retiring. So, uh, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm almost always going to, uh, I'm almost always 
going to side on uh, for any NFL football player, but particularly running backs, uh, end, end the journey sooner rather than later so you don't have to deal with the consequences of what it's like when those guys ultimately become dead weight. Is Spears the replacement, says Van Boys TV? I mean, I'm sure he's part of the plan. Like, he doesn't have to be Derrick Henry, right? He doesn't have – Derrick Henry is really – Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb are really the only kind of volume carry guys in the NFL right now. They don't have to do that. Um, they don't have to do that again. There's there's probably not players who can handle that kind of workload the way that Chubb and, and Derek do. So if Spears is part of the solution, I think that makes a ton of sense. He's a three-down runner. You don't have to take him off the field the way that you do with Derek. Uh, he, you can keep leave him in there in the passing game. He's cost-effective, and I imagine that Spears would not be. Uh, you know, Spears is probably only somebody who you're looking at for his rookie deal. Uh, Craig DeCour, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name there, Craig, says Casey's production had been declining before the trade. Not really. I mean, that trade happened after the, the championship run, right? After the AFC championship run. Jarrell was still kicking ass in the playoffs. Like Jarrell and Jeff and Jeff's rookie season, they were still out there um, causing real problems. In fact, Jarrell was the, the biggest game that he probably had that year. Biggest game he probably had that year was against the Ravens in the postseason. He was an absolute menace. Um, there were a couple of different moments. But like, like you could tell that his body was not going to hold up the way that it had for the previous nine years of, of Jarrell's situation. Uh, I don't know that it was on par with where he had been. He was a pro bowl caliber player for the vast majority of his career. And I don't know that he was a pro bowl player in uh, 2019 and through that championship game appearance run, but you know, ultimately, uh, ultimately Jarrell Casey was still a productive player when they moved on from him, but you could tell that, that was not going to be something that was worth the the value of the contract or the, the value of money that he was going to end up making. Um, let's see. Amar says, King Henry rushed for 2,000 yards. None of those other backs have done that. That's true. Uh, it's, Derrick Henry is, is one of eight players in the history of the NFL to rush for 2,000 yards. It's, in fact, it's funny. I was talking to Brett Kern. Uh, Brett Kern came and did an hour with us the other day. We were talking soccer, Nashville SC, before, I think that was before the semifinal match in the league's cup for the soccer team. And, uh, you know, it just came up in conversation during a commercial break. Brett's probably the only player in the history of the NFL who's seen or, or who's been a teammate for two of the players who's rushed for 2000 yards, right? What, right. One is, uh, CJ 2k and the other is Derek Henry and, and Brett Kern was teammates with both of them. So Brett, probably the only player in NFL history who's been teammates with two guys for who ran for 2k. Uh, so I think that, uh, I think that when you look at the Jonathan Taylor trade, a first round pick is not happening. Like there, nobody's trading a first round pick for a running back. Uh, nobody's trading a first round pick for running back on an expiring deal. I don't think that Taylor is in a position to leverage a new contract out of whomever might trade for him. I think that it makes it, I mean, Indianapolis can keep him happy for the meantime and say, okay, if you, if you think you can get a first round pick, go get it. I, I, I can't think of a team who would need a running back that way that would be willing to give up a first round first round draft capital uh, for Jonathan Taylor right now. But uh, hey, Bert, there's a Bert found a video where it just says free JT. I apparently it's a rap video. I don't know if we're going to get popped for music violations or music rights violations after this, but we will see what Bert has brought us. Uh, God only knows what is going to result as soon as I hit this button. 
Like the Colts have now granted Jonathan Taylor's agent, Malky Kawa, permission to speak with other teams about a potential trade. Now, fundamentally, this doesn't change a whole lot at this point, except that the other teams now can speak to Taylor's agent without fear of a potential tampering charge. The question remains, who is willing to pay Jonathan Taylor on the type of contract that he has been seeking, which is toward the top of the running back market, could be anywhere, 12 to $15 million, depending on how you slice it, and then also be willing to give up significant draft compensation in order to land him. You go back to last year at the trade deadline, the 49ers were willing to give up a package of picks to the Panthers for Christian McCaffrey that included a 2023 second rounder plus three additional picks. My understanding is the Colts would want even more than that for Jonathan Taylor. It's easy to understand why. He's 24 years old. He was the rushing champ back in 2021. Averages five point yards per attempt for his career. It all makes this a very difficult deal to do. Though as we saw with McCaffrey last year, all it takes is one team with a real need to be willing to step up to the point. Yeah, one team with a real, and that's true, right? Only only one team has to do the deal, right, for it to be feasible. But like you guys are saying, the Dolphins, the Dolphins don't. Uh, Dolphins can manufacture running backs. I mean, they they didn't. They had one of the worst running back situations in football last year, and still found ways to run the football. They don't need. Uh, they don't need a, a high caliber player. They don't need to give up draft assets like that to get a running game. Kansas City did it with Isaiah Pacheco last year. For those of you who are saying KC, it's just. Uh, <laughs> It's just not uh, it's just not something that is is feasible. I don't think that there's a team out there who Jonathan Taylor would be as important to as he would be with the Colts. I think that Jonathan Taylor, the bet the, the reason that I have such optimism, I'm super optimistic about Indianapolis. I don't think that they're uh, I don't think that they're like a, a playoff team or anything like that. but I think the reason that I was optimistic there's two re- two big reasons why I'm optimistic about Indy um, why I would, I don't know what their projected win total is. In fact, I could probably look that up quickly. Uh, Colts 2023 win total, because I would imagine it's probably around like seven, seven and a half games. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I, st- I wouldn't necessarily bet the over in that circumstance. But the reason that I feel optimistic about it is because one, Shane Steichen is a gifted head coach uh, for who has experience with a raw toolsy player. I mean, he's uh, Richardson is much more raw than was Jalen Hurts when Shane Steichen got him with the Eagles. But I do think that that coaching staff gives me optimism about the trajectory for Anthony Richardson. And because Anthony Richardson is such an electrifying player with the football in his hands as a runner, I think that lends itself well to the kind of running game that the Colts would try and execute if Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson were the two players in their backfield. So six and a half wins is the win total uh, after they had four wins last year. Right now in the, uh, it looks like that's on FanDuel. Um, you know, I would probably bet under six sounds like a decent, six sounds like a decent number given that they play, they, the Colts will play the AFC South, which is not a strong division. They also play the NFC South, which does not project as a strong division this year. I would think, I would think six wins for the Colts feels about right. Uh, but a first round pick, Jonathan Taylor is is not worth right. They're not they're not going to. No team is going to give up more draft capital because was it J, Jonathan Taylor was a second round pick. Um, and they're not going to give up a higher value asset than what the player. He's not a quarterback. He's not like it's not like running backs have 
the kind of sustainability that quarterbacks do. And if he wasn't a first-round pick in the first place, why would they get a first-round pick back for him now? The Colts are trying to Trent Richardson somebody. And I'm not saying that Anth- or that uh, Jonathan Taylor is, is Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson had a lot of stuff going on that ultimately saw him fail the way that he did when the Colts gave up a first-round pick to get him from the Browns. But I just uh, there's no scenario in which I envision that happening. Um, I just don't think it's feasible that way. Uh, my guy Sai says, hope Richardson does well, but hope the Colts – Lose as many games as possible. Well, if you're a Titans fan, I completely understand that. Personally, I want to see all four. I want to see all four of these quarterbacks succeed. Um, Levis in the future. I want to see uh, Trevor Lawrence have a successful NFL career. I want to see C.J. Stroud be a good NFL player. I want to see Anthony Richardson reach his potential. I want to see all these guys do well because if I'm going to cover the AFC South, I'd rather see better football players than worse football players. Even that, even though I know that doesn't necessarily lend itself to uh, your favorite football team having having success, but I, I would like to see all four of those young quarterbacks uh, have uh, as much success as humanly possible. All right, let's uh, bring Bird in. Let's do it in case you missed it. Let's see where else he is going to take us uh, throughout the course of this evening as we uh, get ready to come back for the second half of his Ravens Commanders preseason game. We'll do so here in just a second. Right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Protect your constitutional rights, particularly if you're a father. Amanda J. and her team are very passionate about father's rights, protecting your fundamental constitutional right to be a father to your children. Do not talk to the police without a lawyer protecting your constitutional rights. That's the kind of advice that you can get from Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands is a phrase that they mean because they have practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties in Middle Tennessee. Make sure you are protected. Make sure you know your constitutional rights. Make sure you're hiring the best in the business. AmandaJGentry.com. So Bert will come in. We'll do in case you missed it. Then we'll let him get back to the second half of his preseason football game. Hey, bud. What's going on? And uh, I, I agree with you on the Jonathan Taylor front that no one is going to pay that uh, ransom for him. But for the sake of fun, if you had to name somebody, I think Jerry Jones is just crazy enough to do something like that. You know how he values running backs. Tony Pollard's on the franchise tag. You cut bait with the loose weight and you bring in a uh, hero, get it up from zero. So the I just don't think that they would do Tony Pollard like that, right? Sure. They did right by Dak Jerry after is, Dak's injury. Jerry is typically, I mean, hell, they didn't have to franchise tag Pollard after he was at an ACL late in the year. Um, yep. They didn't necessarily have to do that. Jerry does. It's one of Jerry's few redeeming qualities. Um, he does tend to take care of their guys first and foremost. I don't know that he would go mercenary like that, but it's it's a fun it's a fun exercise to imagine. Is there is there a team that you would like to see him on more than the Colts? I personally would like to see Jonathan Taylor on the Colts with Anthony Richardson. That would be the ideal place for him. You know, Baltimore doesn't need him. I'm trying to think of teams that run the football that way that would get creative with the usage of Jonathan Taylor. Very few teams right now that would need him. And it changes every year, right? But the, the Colts makes the most sense. And it's from my daddy. Sorry, you don't yeah. have to stop while the just because like what the do you fact want that you me? just came to the, I want you to be able to multitask. I talked for four I, hours. It took a day me a second read. to read it. I'm not a good reader. I'm a talker. I don't be I don't be reading stuff. You ever hear my sports updates? I, unfortunately, yes. Uh, 
with with Taylor though, it it, it seems kind of negligent for them not to just pony up this year. If you really are going to start Anthony Richardson, it seems like you would want him to have the the best cast around him for his development. Yeah, I just I don't see any team resetting. I mean, it only takes one team to do it, You're and right. the Colts the Colts would be the get, best case for it. But I just don't see anybody resetting the running back market right now, and I imagine Jonathan Taylor is not going to be happy with a contract that is where he considers below value if he thinks that he's up there with the kind of uh with the kind of uh running backs that are McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke when he was at the top of his game when he got paid, Derrick Henry. Like I just I don't see the viability of that. Austin Stanley says the Bears and Justin Fields. Um that would be intriguing. Who's the who's the Bears lead running back right now? I should probably know that given that we were just in Chicago. It's uh Khalil Herbert. They drafted Roshan Johnson out of Texas. Who I like Roshan Johnson a lot. I run was, a lot. I, ooh, yeah. B. John's backup and uh who was the running back to uh carry Tennessee when Derrick Henry went down? Oh, uh they have Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Uh, so so a backfield that could definitely use a star, especially for Justin Fields, if you could pair those two rushing elements together. I, I think Roshan Johnson is going to have. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you know how how they're going to divvy up the carries between uh, Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. But I came away. That was one of the players that I was impressed with the most in Chicago on the whole from that from that preseason outing when we were up there a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, what have you brought us? Yeah, I want to wrap this up. As you can tell, I'm losing interest trying to watch the Ravens game to the side. But uh, speaking of Jerry Jones, it's kind of weird when you find out what uh, your parents or your grandparents' music you listen to. Like, you can't imagine them really getting down to, like, some money bag yo, right? Like, they're always listening to some crazy stuff that they were probably getting down the backseat of their car to way back when. So it's always odd for me when I hear older people into music nowadays because it's like, what are you talking about? And that's how I felt when I found this about uh, uh, Belichick. Being a Taylor Swift fan. So a little bit of Taylor. Um, mm, that's my guy. We were wondering about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was about it. Did you enjoy it? Did you get rained out? Were you at that show? That was pretty impressive. Yeah. She, yeah. Killed it. She's tough, man. She just stood <laughs> out there and played right through it. And then uh, then they gave, what's his name, um, a hard time. Luke. Because <laughs> yeah, they pulled the plug on him. That was lightning. I understand that. When there's lightning in the area, we head off the field too, so I can't really. Uh, I, I think he he I think he could blast through a rainstorm. He's a pretty tough guy, but um, yeah, Bruce. It's always you know, uh, you know. When I was with the Giants. It was it was Bruce and Bon Jovi. I mean, you got the you know the two Jersey guys were like at the top, and they probably still are. Um, but um, you know, always great to see John Bruce uh, in action. Sure, bring a lot of energy. You yeah. know, get the whole get the whole place rocking so dancing in the dark <laughs> i mean so are you officially you consider yourself to officially be a swifty no officially i don't know about that but i don't know what I mean, officially seems like, is seems like seems like aaron Rodgers is yeah what does that mean like you have a, a, a sweatshirt or something <laughs> you're gonna have a few yeah well, can Good sing merch. Some, i think you can sing some of the lyrics you know it's uh I mean, they were yeah. selling they were selling rainwater the the, the first seventy bucks a jar or something mm -hmm. like that. So. Yeah. Well, look, I'm definitely on the. You got to calm down. <laughs> okay, he's a Swifty. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That like, pretty you got to calm down. That's... One of her best. I like the song where she tells you to just shake it off. The <laughs> like, what the hell is he doing in a Taylor the, Swift concert? The fake laughter.
it around him is just so funny to me. Like there, there are moments when like Vrabel, Vrabel's, I think Vrabel is objectively funny. Like, especially when he gets into one of us at a press conference, like I think more often than not, people accuse us of fake laughing at Vrabel press conferences, but I largely think that Mike is an entertaining guy. And Belichick, by all by all accounts, is that outside of you know what he is to the front facing media and and how he projects to the public. But like, I would like to think that if I if we had Vrabel in studio, the way that they sound like they had Belichick in studio at WEEI, that there would not be there would not be nearly as much fake laughter. But now, of course, the next time I interview Vrabel, I have to catch myself and make sure that I'm not fake laughing. You got to ask if he's a Swifty. Ooh, do we think Mike Vrabel is a Swifty? Oh my God, Hell his no. his playlist. Hell he no. had a his birthday was last week, and they had his playlist going out at practice. It's so bad. It's so <laughs> it's so much bro country and '80s like hair metal stuff. It is oh, wow. just awful. I took him for a divorced dad rock, like really into Nickelback and Creed. It, I never Nikki, meant to be so cold. You know, <laughs> can't you see him just pump? It's like. <laughs> Like working out like a big meathead. Well, he's definitely a meathead. Uh, but I think that I think that uh, it was funny to watch Mickey Ryan walk walk into the bubble on Brable's birthday and look around and be like, "Whose music is this? This sounds like it's right off my Spotify." And, <laughs> sure enough, 50, fifty. What I think Mickey's like fifty-two and forty-eight-year-old Mike Brable. They're they're right on par with one another uh, at this point. I think that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that just Brable, Brable. I was I was shocked with how I'm sure the players hated it too. I was shocked with how bad Mike Brable's birthday playlist was. Well, at this stage, I'm gonna go watch the game. Enjoy yourself, Buck. Get out of here. That's gonna do it for us tonight. We've lost Bert for the evening. Uh, you are gonna lose me for the evening as well. Have a great rest of your night. We're back out at Titans training camp practice tomorrow. Arden Key will be our guest. Uh, he'll sit down at the tent with us. So if you enjoy watching those interviews. That will be live streamed on 104.5 The Zone's YouTube and Facebook and Twitter accounts. Um, of course, we will uh, be talking more Titans tomorrow. They do have a scrimmage situation that was scheduled, or, or they, excuse me, that was not scheduled. They won't have joint practices with the Patriots this week. Uh, so it sounds like Mike Vrabel on his radio show tonight on uh, on 104.5 The Zone, same place I do my radio show. Uh, that's, I, I guess this was the first edition of the Mike Vrabel show now of a new season. He's going to do that every Monday night moving forward, other than of course, the Monday night game where they play the, uh, play the dolphins. Um, I, uh, it sounds like they're going to have an inter squad scrimmage where stretch and, uh, and Terrell Williams, the defensive line coach are going to be the coaches for either squad. And uh, it sounds like that's how they're going to make up the competition without the Patriots in the building to get them ready for their final preseason game. So keep you updated on that. That'll be uh, something that we look forward to tomorrow. Uh, have a great rest of your night, and I will uh, talk to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.